Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. And we're live. Welcome to Behind the Steel Curtain. My name is Mark Davison. I'm joined by Maddie Peveril, and we are Steelers Touch Dead Under. <laughs> I like that How's one. Up, Maddie? <laughs> yeah, I like that, that one. That hurt my throat just a little bit. How'd, how'd that go? That was good. I like that one. You can do it every yeah, week. Right. So, so today, uh, I'm, in, I'm in the driver's seat today, guys. We're going to be talking about um, the AFC North and um, our title is what players in the AFC North will be a challenge for the Steelers. Um, basically, like, it's a big thing for me I'll, why I follow this sport, and I think maybe Maddie as well. I've always had a big interest in the division, so I like how we verse our uh, three teams every year. You get, you get six, six games out of it, and if you win that division, you're, you're a chance for the playoffs. Would you agree, Matty, in, in other aspects how we follow the NRL? But division football is so fun to watch. Yeah, I don't even think you have to win the division. If you're the second team in the AFC North, year in, year out, you are going to be in that wild card race, pure and simple. Um, I mean, obviously, there's going to be seasons where, you know, you look back on it, the, you know, the, the team, if it was the Browns or the Ravens, historically, and the Steelers won it, they might be, you know, um, it was seven and nine back in the 16-game schedule. But I think we're really in a situation now where the AFC North brings out the best in everyone. I think the idea of going 6-0 and in the AFC North from – this season onwards is going to be, um, you know, for the next few seasons with how good the Ravens, the Browns, the Steelers are. The Bengals, like, I know you you hate them, Mark, but, like, they they are – there's potential there if they can get a few things right. So I think the idea of getting that 6-0 and o in the AFC North is probably harder than almost any other division, you know, in the league. So, you know, that's a real achievement if you can do that. But I'd just be happy to win the division just personally. Oh, 100%. So another reason why I, I love talking division football, and I was going to put in the title today, 
Um, were is this is this AFC North football the toughest division in the NFL? What are your thoughts quickly on that? Well, I mean, obviously last year it was, you know, they, you had three teams make it. Um, so that shows you how tough each of those division games are. And I think if you go into a lot of the other divisions, you sort of sit there and like, okay, well, teams sort of have maybe one other rival or two other rivals. There's a team that they feel – there's no win in the NFL that's easier, but that – you know, that's easy, sorry, but there'll be a game that you might feel is a bit easier or that you've got your number over, um, you know, that division rival. So – I think with the AFC North, you look at it now, you look at how the teams tooled up in the draft, and I know we're going to talk about that bit about that later. You look at the fact that you've currently got, and that'll change soon with Baker Mayfield and Lamar Jackson, but you've got a bunch of quarterbacks that are on rookie deals, so they can spend elsewhere, whereas we've got a quarterback. Now, Ben at $25 million is not, you know, or just over 20 you know, after the restructure. That's not that expensive when you look at some of the other quarterbacks around the league, but... At the same time, that's a lot more than what we're what the other teams are spending this year on their quarterback. So you know, and we know how tough the salary cap is. You know, imagine if we had another five million. You know, currently on our cap, we would have been able to do a bit more in free agency. You know, so you got to think all of those things in mind. But I mean, going back to your question, that AFC North is for me easily the toughest division in the AFC, um, and I think it's the toughest division you know across the league. I think just with uh, Steelers versus Ravens have always been really tough football since I've been watching since a little fella, um, as well as now Steelers versus Browns is turning into something like a really heated uh, rivalry. Um, the Bengals can turn up and show up when they when they want to. They're a tough team, and they will play the Browns hard. They will play the Ravens hard. So I think overall, it's a it's a pretty fun uh, division to watch. And like I said, Matty, and like with ours, we watch the Bengals Eagles. Yes, we have. Um, teams who, who who have rivals. But I find, I just love how the NFL does does the scheduling, how we have two sides. We have the AFC, uh, AFC versus NFC, and you have those two two teams fight all the way to the top, get to Super Bowl, and it's one versus one, and winner-takes-all mentality. So that's, that's why the, the theme of today's show is all about AFC North. And jumping into that, we're going to look into the first part um, of part one here. We're going to look into um, some players on each team one on offense and one on defense from the AFC North, who might challenge the Steelers and who's going to be a real problem uh, for the Steelers. So we're going to kick it off with, we're going to kick it off with the Browns. Go Browns, Bengals, Ravens. So firstly, Maddie, who's a player on the offense on the Cleveland Browns who's going to challenge the Pittsburgh Steelers? Yeah, that's a great question, Mark. I think you've got Odell Beckham Jr. coming back um, this season. You've got you know, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt are in there in the mix as well. Um, so you've got a situation there where, sorry, guys, just the dog jumping in the room. Um, but you've got a situation there where you've got those guys on offense. I think Nick Chubb is the one that's going to cause the problems. The Steelers, you know, we've got a great defensive line, but the interior defensive position as well. We've got Alu back as well. He, he's just going to be someone there that's, that's always a problem for you. Um, I thought they were going to use more out of um, uh, the Austin Hooper, the tight end last year. I thought they'd use a, do, use a bit more out of him. They didn't. So I think on the face of it, I'd pretty much have to go Nick Chubb. I, I agree with you. So I had two players. I had Chubb and I had Landry as well. One, because I don't really trust. Now, I've got a lot of trust issues with the, with the NFL. If you've been listening to our podcast over the last uh, six months, I don't trust Wentz. I don't trust Baker. Um, there's some other guys I don't trust. Now, I don't really trust OBJ. Now, the reason being is because, yes, he's a gifted gifted uh, athlete, 
but you can't put your uh, whole NFL career on the one play that was played over and over and over and over with the one in the catch. Yes, it was great, but I don't overly trust him as the as the real threat to be in that Browns. However, if you look at like Landry's play, he's a second receiver there, and he, he can mark up against our our second cornerback as well. So he he can be a bit of a threat and have, can have a big game. And if he's if he's open and has gets a lot of yards, then if OBJ is being uh, marked up one-on-one, then you're left with another good receiver who's, who's taking on the number two. And who's our two going to be this year? We don't know. It could be it, it's Sutton or it's, you know, someone else coming into the mix because we've had the – we thought we were good uh, with the cornerback room in 2020. We thought we had the best ever. And then Nelson leaves and, um, yeah, so I, I throw Landry in the mix. But I agree with you there on Chubb. I think Chubb, with, this, with our defense as well, Chubb's going to be – we've got to stop him. If we don't stop him, it's going to be a whole new game. The, pr- the problem is, is that like you, when you get Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, so Nick Chubb will like absolutely barrage you and then you get the change of pace a bit with Kareem Hunt and then Nick Chubb comes back. So the defense just doesn't get a moment to like actually rest. And I think that that's the, that's the problem. That's where Nick Chubb becomes the problem because it's not the, it's not necessarily, you know, you can have your top line defense out there and that's still a challenge, but then Kareem Hunt challenges them again. And then they got to go against Nick Chubb again. And then if the Browns get ahead by a touchdown or two, which they can easily do, as you said there with Landry or, you know, I, I love Landry. I just think when you look at what he does in the AFC North, I've seen him go missing a little bit at times. But then you've got Hooper and then you've got Beckham and then you've got like Rashad Higgins had a good season last year. They've got a big guy. I think Donovan Peoples-Jones is about 6'4 or so, so he can do some things as well. So you, you just look at it and I just think it all opens up Nick Chubb. You know, and even out of the, the short passing game too, to a degree, you know, when Baker Mayfield moves around in the pocket, you know, makes those throws like he made that throw on that third and long last year that, you know, if he hadn't have made, we, we probably could have won that game when he extended that play and it got down into the Steelers um, red zone. So, yeah, I think Nick Chubb. Awesome. And just got to interrupt here. We've got Owen David from the uh, UK hey. on Facebook. Owen, let us know what time it is over there. because It's 8.35. Oh, sorry. Almost 9 a.m. here in Australia. I believe it's about 6 p.m. in America. Um, let us know what's, what, what time it is, David, in the uh, UK. But it's, it's funny, Matty, because with the Browns, you can see that they're having – like, they've got a pretty good team overall. We'll go to the defense in a minute. But I just, I just think overall they've got a good, good team. But like I said before, I don't overly trust Baker. But Baker can, if Baker plays well, this team is going to be very hard to stop. Oh, big, big, big time because he's got targets across the board. And I think – you know, you look at what we did, you know, we might talk about that a little bit later on, but you look at what we did in the draft and we gave Ben a bunch of targets at the running back and the, the tight end position in addition to what we had before. Like, you know, the, there's so much for defensive coordinators to scheme for. You know, it's not just looking after a, one or two wide receivers and a tight end and a running back. You've now got three or four weapons across the board. You know, the quality's there. Um yeah, so it's it's an interesting challenge for defensive coordinators. It's just it's just that they're the Browns and we still hate them and they gotta fix their their you know owner issues and they gotta get back to a better rhythm. Um looking into the defense, who's that one guy um who's gonna challenge the Pittsburgh Steelers on defense? It's Denzel Ward. So easy right. answer is to go Miles Miles Garrett, right? But Denzel Ward missed a lot of time last year. I think what he can do in their secondary as well, the cornerback position. I mean, they've got Delpit um, who missed some time too. I think he missed actually ended up missing the whole season last year. But I just think Denzel Ward throws a real big spanner in the mix. And Ben 
Like you can't get away with it when you've got a guy like that across their their defense and the rest of their secondary. I mean, they got John Johnson the third in free agency too. He'll do a lot for them at safety. But I just think you'll watch Denzel Ward pick off a lot of passes this year, and I just hope that we're not just relying on the first read and that Ben's having a good look when he's throwing downfield. Yeah, so if Ben's a bit, you know, Ben plays his old style. Like Ben's a funny quarterback. He's a great quarterback, but there are times where it's I've said it before, twenty five yards out, and we need three points going to the half. And he throws up a pick, and you're like, why'd you do that? Why did you push that pass? So if Ward's sitting there, you can definitely pick him off. Um, for me, it's going to be Clowney. I would like to see what Clowney can do on the on the other side, um, and, and on, on the other side of Garrett. And will the O-line pick him up, and will they protect Ben? Same thing, though. If Clowney plays well and pushes that pocket, um, it's going to force Ben to throw that pass. However, in the mix now we have is Najee Harris. How do we work him into it and we don't have to push that pass as much? You know, my problem with Clowney, you know, and I was a big fan, you know this, Mark. I said it so much to you off air. I was like, oh, do you just trade Bud, pick up Clowney, you know, get something for Bud. Uh, you know, I'm a big believer in draft capital. And, you know, I know that might what I'm suggesting, you know, could be, you know, heresy for a lot of Steelers fans. But when I looked at it, I was just like the numbers there and what have you. And then I looked at what Clowney did last year at the Titans and he didn't do a lot. And I think the problem with Clowney is that he needs to be the number one guy. Like, he needs to think that if I don't play well, we're not going to play well. Like, you saw that with the Texans when J.J. Watt was injured. He was able to dominate some playoff games. You know, he got them into the playoffs. I think, I forget which season it was. It might have been 2014 or something like that. But he got them in there when he needed, you know, when they didn't have Watt. And he was the guy and he had that alpha mentality. My problem this season is he's going into the Browns where Miles Garrett is the number one. He's the alpha, what have you. Um, uh, you know, you could see what you what we call an Australian sport. You know, we could see Clowney be a passenger. You know, just sit there for the mm. ride and not do a lot. And when you look at the money they threw at him too, and the injuries he's had, and performance he's recently had, and he's getting to that thirty mark. Um, and I know that the Steelers we've had a history of having edge rushes that you know above thirty and get a bunch of sacks, but. I just don't see that in Clowney. So, yeah, I mean, great for the Browns if Clowney can come off. But I don't know if I'm a believer in that, though. Well, that was my logic as well because he's because he's heading into a Browns team that has a really good defense. So I thought at a guy like that, then he's, he if he turns up and then plays really well, then it's even better for the Browns. But like you said, if you're going to a team that has a great defense already, maybe you can slack off a little bit and not play as hard because you don't need to be in that number one role and not all the pressure is on you. <laughs> But I thought, what a, what a good chance to bring in a guy like that, put him on the other side, and those two those two uh, big boppers up front running at Ben. And we need to keep Ben up, right? But at the same time, like I said, if he's not passing at all time and we have uh, Najee in the mix, then it's going to change the whole dynamic. Well, so. yeah, that's it. You've, you hit it nail on the head. Like, you, if you take the, the amount of pass rush opportunities out, you immediately make it, you know, that much harder for them. And where you're right, though, is that they did a lot with Olivier Vernon last year, who unfortunately did his Achilles. So there's an opportunity for Clowney. I don't know. I just sit back. I'm like, can he, can he make the most of it? It's not necessarily the... The opportunity for their the other side of that edge rush. It's just I don't know if Clowney will be the one that can really take that up, but we'll see. That's fair. Cool. Any other players you want to throw out in the the AFC uh, North for the Browns who can challenge Steelers? Oh, I've got a few draft guys they got in the draft, right but I on. think we will talk about that a little bit later on. All right, let's let's move on to the Bengals here, and we'll try and wrap it up in about one minute. 
So we have the Bengals. Uh, who's going? No, nah, I'm only joking. Who's going to be the Bengals' offensive guy that's going to threaten the Steelers? Uh, T. Higgins. I mean, you know, you got a guy like that. Obviously, lost AJ Green. They've got Auden Tate. Um, you know, they've got Tyler Boyd. But I just think T. Higgins, his size, his speed. We've got a new secondary. You know, you're losing your Nelson. You know, there's a lot of pressure on Sutton. Um, you know, Bush's Bush's back, but that doesn't really help with the T. Higgins. What they do with T. Higgins will be really important. And I think that's where some of these undrafted guys that we've got, you know, guys like a, a Trey Norwood or, a, you know, I think it's Shakur Brown or a Morlet. I don't know. Is it Morlet or Morlet? I haven't, I haven't decided uh, what that is yet. His name's Arthur. Arthur Morlet. Uh, yeah. So you've got that situation as well. Um, Tremaine Edmonds there. The thing about Higgins is he's like, he's as fast as a wide receiver but he's like almost as big as a tight end when you think about him. I think he's 6'4", 6'5", and like he's kind of like Kyle Pitts, but I mean, obviously Kyle Pitts is a much better, you know, athlete at this stage, but that's the that's the thing. So, and Big Marv in the chat said, yeah, um, says, didn't AJ Green get traded? Yeah, he, um, his deal came to an end. He's with the Cardinals. But um, but what I mean though is that you've got a guy like T Higgins who who can do a lot. He can do a lot in the red, red zone and, I don't know. Like, I'm sure that Jeffrey, guys like Jeffrey Benedict and Dave Schofield would have the stats and their insights on plays last year. But anecdotally, I just got the feeling that the Steelers looked a little bit weak in the red zone at times. So I, that's where I think the T Higgins in year number two um, could be a real problem for him. Well, that's very similar to where why I chose Landry because you've got who's the other guy? Jamar Chase for the Bengals who got drafted. He's yep. obviously number one. Um, so T Higgins is going to take on that number two role. Who's a is Sutton going to turn up and really play number two? And our cornerback depth right now is different because Nelson is gone. We all thought Nelson was going to be there for a long time. Um, so how does Higgins go there? My guy for the Bengals is I think is going to be a challenge. Or or I think that if he kind of steps up and plays, he's does a really great job and will be a challenge, will be Joe Burrow. Um, I think if Joe Burrow is starts playing fantastic football, um, keeps himself upright and, and gets in rhythm with Chase and other receivers, then he'll challenge he'll challenge the Steelers and he has to. Joe Burrow has to do has to play um, to a competitive level to put himself in the AFC North competition. Uh, number one number one draft pick. You've got a number year two is really hard, but look, the Bengals put him there for the face of the franchise, and now it's his time. Um, you know he's not getting he's not getting uh, bled in or or whatever for the next two three years. He's the guy, so. It's going to be a hard, hard task for him, but he's the guy I think if he can challenge the Steelers, it'll be very interesting because we'll have much more closer games than we should. Now, in reality, I don't think that he will, but if he turns up and, and he's playing really good football, then it's a whole it's another, it's another whole new game because it's not just a rookie quarterback anymore. It's 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 Joe Burrow who's got, you know, can do three hundred yards, running touchdowns, uh, throwing touchdowns, anything really. So wh- what are your thoughts on Burrow this year? Yeah, I think when we can talk draft later, I think they added a player that will help them out there. Um, well, I think they added actually a couple of players that will help them out there. But um, yeah, I, I think you're right. It's it, it's can Burrow can step up, he can make it a much bigger problem. I'm interested. You know, I'm really interested to see when you what it's like. Not necessarily the Steelers when they're playing the Bengals, but can the Bengals pick up wins against the other AFC North teams? So. Can the Bengals hold up against the Browns? I think this Bengals team could be a problem for the Ravens, uh, personally, just because I think if Burrow can pass to the right guys, Jamar Chase can do anything. So by giving by giving Burrow a guy like Jamar Chase, 
he doesn't have to throw all those deep balls, which then, you know, and when you play a team like the Ravens and then you don't have Marlon Humphrey sitting back there, um, Clark, you know, some of those different guys that are just going to pick the ball off. So I think that that's the, that's the real benefit with Jamar Chase. And then that really creates a real problem, I think, for the Ravens. So I, I don't know. I'm interested to see what the Bengals can do against the other AFC North teams, not just the Steelers, because what we need is the Steelers. We need the Bengals to pick up a win against one, if not like both of those teams as well, to, mm-hmm. to make that a tighter exactly. competition as well if we drop some games. So I know it's getting quite technical there, but it's not always just what we do in our division. It's how the division plays itself. Oh, 100%. And with that, um, the Ravens there, just as a quick side note, are the Ravens arrow pointing down? Now, I know you've mentioned the, the Ravens quite a lot in the, in the previous shows. Do you think they're... Um, the arrow is on the on the downtrend. Have they missed an opportunity to, to be a, a great team? And you know, like where can they improve? It's if you, you've basically just said that the Bengals can beat the Ravens. Oh, I'm so, just saying there's more. I'm I'm a bit more hopeful than what I if, if I'm a Bengals fan than what I would have been. You know, six months ago. Um, really? Yeah. Right. When it comes to the Ravens, like. They had a, I don't know. It's hard. They always do really well at the draft. They get guys on paper that are doing really well. And, and we, I know that we want to talk about drafting a bit later on. Obviously, they got Villanueva. waiver. I mean, they lost Orlando Brown. Villanueva waiver is not Orlando Brown. You know, they lost Matt Udon and they lost Yannick Ngokwe. They haven't really replaced those guys for me. Um, they always seem to pick up a wide receiver and they did again in this draft. Again, I don't want to go too much into that just yet. But like... Mm-hmm. You sit there and you're like, okay. And then you look at the running back position as well. Again, they drafted a, a fullback there that will help them out. You know, a player that we would absolutely love if he was on the Pittsburgh Steelers. But they've got some change there. Mark Ingram's not back. You know, it is going to be J.K. Dobbins. I just, I, I don't know. I, I don't trust Lamar. I'm, I'm just going to sit there and say that I don't trust Lamar beyond 9, that's, 10. That's one to your list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just and I think the Steelers have got him figured out. I think he's and yeah, I, I guess I, I think, so I think he's a better quarterback than what a lot of people think. Like he can throw that ball, but I just I wouldn't trust him in a shootout. And I know yeah. that you know. So yeah, for me, I just I, I'm not saying they're trending down, but I don't think I don't think the if the Steelers and if people think the Steelers aren't going to be a double digit team, the Ravens aren't going to win 13 plus games. They're not. They're not. I think they're going to struggle to win 12. Yeah, I think they started to figure out Lamar with that. Uh, he was in the red zone and they he, he went to go push the pass. I believe it was Bud Dupree forced a fumble. Yeah. Uh, I think they were containing him really well. But we'll almost get to the Ravens in just a minute. La- uh, lastly, the defense for the Bengals. Who's a player that's going to challenge the Steelers? Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty interesting question, Mark, because, I mean, you know, and they've had turnover as well. Ah, oh, it, it's It's... <laughs> I think Jesse Bates, you can't really go past Jesse Bates, right? Like what he does in the secondary there. Yeah, so I, I agree. I, I, like, and he's someone that's going to be there for a long time. They're invested in him. They're going to scheme around him. You know, I was just sort of looking there at some stats really quickly. I think the other player, though, that one to watch this season is DJ Reader at the defensive tackle position. He will do a lot of run stifling as well. But I think you got to go a big name there and a guy like Jesse Bates, everything he brings to the position. Yeah, without yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, that, that's a fair point. So my, mine's an interesting one. I I um, have a theory or an idea that Mike Hilton will, might be a challenge uh, for the Steelers. Maybe it, it'd just be interesting to see what um, Hilton would do off the edge. And very similar to to Burrow, if he doesn't turn up and and really play hard in, in his game, well, he'll just be lost and forgotten. 
but question back to you but question back to you then do you think that the Bengals know how to use Mike Hilton I'm not sure. That's that's actually probably part of the challenge, right? I don't really know what they're gonna. gonna I'm still pretty salty. They have him. Uh, he's a good bloke and came from being undrafted, but I don't know. It, honestly, if they don't use him like the Steelers did in, in our defense, it was so fun to watch him come off the edge. Um, even when sometimes you knew he was coming, you're, you're still getting there and put the pressure on. Um, and maybe he wasn't so good in the in the coverage, so maybe he might be exploited in coverage. Because a lot of times I know on our defense, you like as much as I like Tilton getting three sacks or two sacks in the game. He might. He used to pass up huge plays, and then you're like, oh, "Mate, what are you doing? You're <laughs> you're a, you're, a, you're a cover guy, but you're, uh, but you're, but he's a great tackler. Like there, he did some fantastic tech, like technique, and the way he tackled people was just like unreal. Um, not as fast as Troy or something like that, but he had a good tackling skill. So I'm I'm keen to see what he can do against the Steelers, and if he does know any 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 of their traits or anything like that, or he's just another player that, that goes there and says, well, you were a Steeler, now you're a Bengal. Oh, well, you've you, you forgotten about. A bit like when James Harrison went there too. He was, he was just forgotten about for the year. You never, you never heard of him. So Yeah, 100%. Uh, let's move into the, Ra- to the Ravens here. Um, who's your offensive player for the Ravens? Who's going to challenge? Mark Andrews. It's not even a question. I think he had like 700 yards last year. He's a he's a problem. He's a big body. Um, how many touchdowns did he have? He had seven. I just think when you look at what the Steelers have got to do, obviously we struggled to cover the tight end position at times over the last couple of years. I mean, and this is why I like some of the players that we've, we've brought in in this draft um, because I think you need to pretty much say to Terrell Edmonds, mate, you need to just absolutely smack Mark Andrews. So um, imagine if that was in the run notes, that was in his like training package, mate. You got to smack Andrew. He's like, all right, so what's yeah, going literally, on? Like, I just think it needs to be a homing missile there. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I, I just think it'll be Mark Andrews. It's just does, just does, does Lamar use him a lot? I'm not a familiar idea, I don't big know too much about Andrew. He, he uses him quite a lot in the, in the yeah, last big time, match. particularly when they had Hayden Hurst there, you know, before and he's off at the Falcons now. But when they had Hayden Hurst there, in 2019, and they'd, they'd set them up like these double tight end, like all the stuff that we're talking about the Steelers potentially doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, these double tight end sets, and you think they're running it, and then Lamar, you know, gets out of the pocket, and you think he's running it, and then suddenly lofts this ball downfield. So, um, yeah, I just think for Mark Andrews, yeah, he's gonna be a problem for the Steelers. So he's con- he's kind of like their escape goat, like we said with Heath Miller, or, or even though he might be. But he's a genuine or- target as well. You know, he's right. a real genuine target in that, like you know, the way he lines up and the way they scheme him open and and all the rest of it. Um, and he's a big guy. Like you know, he can make that first. You know, he can get past that first tackle as well. Um, yeah, he's just gonna be a real problem for him. Here's a funny one, Matty. We've got our, our mate, our Raven mate, Aaron Butler. Mate, this is a show for you. You don't need to be putting bagging out the Steelers. We're giving you an idea who, who the Ravens can challenge the Steelers. So rather than say something negative, maybe try and say something positive. It might help you out. All right, so here we go. 6-2, 6-2, 6-2. Exactly. This is the one where we're grabbing your players who can challenge the Steelers. All right, so my player is, uh, for the offense, is Hollywood Brown. What, what yeah. are your quick thoughts on Hollywood Brown? I'll, I'll tell you mine. 
Oh, 100%, mate. I mean, he had like 58 receptions, as did Mark Andrews. They both had over 700 yards. They had eight and seven touchdowns. Like the thing about Marquise, Marquise Brown is he gets open, you know, and I think he would have had a lot of adjustment in that first year. Um, and there's a big player that we're not talking about that's going to be really interesting, and we, we're saving him because he was their first, um, their first round draft pick. But, you know, when you look at Marquise Brown, he, oh, mate, he's lightning speed, knows how to get open. You know, cousin of Antonio Brown, not short of a tip on, you know, how to do well in the NFL. Hopefully he can not take a tip on how to do not well off the, in the, you know, off the field. But yeah, he's a, he's a massive weapon for Lamar. And, you know, you just got to think if you imagine if you had like a Joe Burrow, right, in the Ravens. Imagine the, the ability for Marquise Brown. It'd be so different. That's what I was going to say. Cause I know with Hollywood Brown there, I looked at these statues before coming on and he got 700 yards in 2020. He's a number one draft pick. He's going to his third year. He can be a challenge for the Steelers. However, the Ravens are more of a run identity team, so maybe they don't use him as much, but he's not a big body up front. He, he doesn't really put on his laying blocks like Heinz Ward did, but he's a really, really talented player, and he's number one. So very similar to my other two players I've chosen. He can be a challenge if they use him the correct way, but they don't seem to do that. They seem to to, to use your guys like Andrews and, and move the ball with Lamar with his feet, and they, they move the ball with the running game. So, but I mean, they also them- have they, I mean, they also have Miles Boykin, and I don't think he's used very well. You know, like you got to you've always got to factor him in too. Like when he's in there, what's he going to do? I mean, he's six foot four. You know, did a lot like he only had two hundred fifty or so yards last year. But he's someone if they throw it to, he can make a splash play. Yeah, hundred percent. So if the Steelers focus on shutting down the run, then it really comes into the if they focus on shutting down the run, these these players like Hollywood Brown. Uh, Boykin, if they can challenge the Steelers correctly and often enough, then the Lamar has to go to them. But he might not. He might not choose to do that. He only might choose, choose to go to them on certain plays. That's why I thought if, if Hollywood Brown lights it up this year against the Steelers, it can be a complete different game again. And the Ravens might be, be up by a few points. Um, but if we know who they are now and you say they're on the downtrend, we can take care of them. It's going to be it's going to be not an easy game, but a game we know to expect, similar to what they did with us last year. But you bring uh, up Aaron, bring up Aaron's comment for a sec there as well. You know, he's talked about Sammy Watkins, uh, like that. I for just just for me, right? You look at the wide receivers we talked about. You look at the wide receiver that they picked up in the draft. You know, Sammy Watkins. There's better use of that money. And I know they went after Juju when, you know, you, you you asked Jeffrey Benedict to tell you Juju would have been perfect for them, you know, out of the slot and, and what have you. But they needed to up it on the, like, on the the pass rush. They needed to do more on defense. Like, I think if they went in knowing that that, that a guy like Bateman was their target, the wide receiver class was really deep. They got Tylen, you know, and I know we're starting to go into the draft stuff, but they got a guy like Tylen Wallace as well, you know, that Sammy Watkins money doesn't look so good there. Now I don't know the ins and outs fully of that contract. I think it was about seven or eight million. I don't know what's you know um, bonus and you're not going to get back versus you know salary you can cut. But if I look at it and they went into the draft knowing that there were a number of wide receivers that they wanted to potentially get, that Watkins move is a question for me. That's that's not a smart use of resources. Yeah, I agree as well with that. Now in our last part here, the the Ravens defense, who's going to challenge? The Pittsburgh Steelers. Who do you think? Yeah, that's um that uh oh, what's his name? The um is it Murray, the inside linebacker? 
Um, sorry, I'm um, just trying to pull it up. I had his name um, just before. I mean, Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters are always up there, but I'm just trying to bring in that inside linebacker that they drafted last year. Oh, what was his name? Um, uh, Queen. Queen, 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 Queen. Murray's yeah, well, with the Chargers, and then they drafted Queen around him. That's right. I was, I, was hope, I was hoping there was a Murray because Queen's my guy, but anyway, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, no, it's Patrick Green, um, Queen. He had 100 tackles last year, nine for a loss, you know, 10 quarterback hits, an interception, two pass defense. Like, yeah, I just thought he had a really good rookie year, and I think he's going to be a problem for the Steelers going forward. Really problem. Yeah. Okay, you know what, though? So he was going to be my problem as well, but I'm going to give you the solution. And <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I've just I'm gonna send this to Tomlin straight after. I'm gonna get uh, find the video again, and I found the video versus Najee Harris, 2019 LSU versus Alabama. Uh, Najee runs like a fade route or, or right, uh, a route from the oh, yeah. uh, down the side, and Patrick Queen has good coverage ability. However, Najee comes up and scores a touchdown, and for the win, I'm not too sure. But I think that'll be a good matchup to challenge to challenge Queen for us. So if, if if Queen is out, is challenging the Steelers, I think Najee Harris will be a great. If they're spying each other, will, will be a great tandem as well to watch. What do you reckon? Yeah, yeah, no, that's a great shout. I didn't, I didn't know about that play. So that's that's some awesome bit of homework that you got there. Bended an eye to about ten minutes ago. <laughs> Man, you're able to watch tape while we're alive on air. That's fantastic. Uh, I can barely watch the live chat rather than, than uh, watch tape. No, look, I don't really watch too much college, but that's one play I saw and I thought. Queen was in LSU. Uh, Alabama plays LSU a lot, so those two are going to know each other. They've they've been playing each other for a few years. So, if Queen's our problem and we have new, a new back like Najee Harris, it's going to be interesting. I want to see him run run him over, don't you? <laughs> oh, mate, I'd love to. But I, the thing that stood out to me with Queen, though, we talked about those ten quarterback hits. There were three like sacks as well from Queen. Is that like? You can be sitting there thinking he's gonna, you know, sit back and look to disrupt that those short passes the middle of the field. But when they can scheme him in to rush the quarterback, that's gonna be a problem. And and you know, there are guys that you know, you know, Aaron's rightly bringing up like Marlon Humphreys, Marcus Peters, what have you. But for me, it's it's definitely Patrick Queen. Like he's that linchpin there, and I think you've just got to always be considering what's he doing. Aaron might as well type in the whole fifty three. Keep going, mate. If you type in the whole 53, I'll put it up in the next comment. All right? But every every single person, I'll put it up. Mark, you should ask for a super chat for that. The 50, if, you have, if you list 53 players, that's like a 20 That's like a 20, 20 bucks super chat. Yeah, that'd be awesome. All right. That was that was great. So we did our coverage of who, who the players on the AFC North, who's going to threaten us. Uh, we're going to take a, a quick little break for, for 10 seconds here on YouTube. Uh, join us for part two. We're going to have Slinger Slang, more AFC uh, North football talk. Everything you can imagine is going to be next door. Cheers. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. 
offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.